It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good Tuesday afternoon to you. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. A little later in the show, we will be joined by Cavs beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, Chris Fedor. Talk a little bit about some of those Colin Sexton trade rumors. Will the Cavs keep Colin Sexton? Will they trade up? Who might they take at number three if they stay put? But we begin today by talking Browns football uh, on ESPN's Get Up. The question was, who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC? Here's one of the answers. I'm buying into the hype, guys. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I, I saw this team go toe-to-toe. Wow. With Kansas City last year, I, I, I'm buying into the quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield is a perfect fit. I do think they do all the things he does well, and they de-emphasize the things that are not his strength. But no team can't get better by getting Odell Beckham Jr. back. That needs to work out. They've made big additions on the defensive side. I'm buying in. I know it's been about a trillion years, but I'm buying in to the Cleveland Browns, and I think they <laughs> are the team that's going to give Kansas City a run for their money. Let's welcome in Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan, Baskin and Phelps, as well as Bally Sports, Browns pre-post. Have I missed anything, Jeff? You, you, you have a kind of I think, a number? I think, yeah, I think that's it for now, Dave. You never know, though. All right. You know, you're always working. What do you make of that? So are the Browns the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC? I find that hard to believe, but not out of, but not out of the question. I, the, the Chiefs are really good. I think the Browns are going to be really good and until you see it. I think more than one year, Dave, I don't know if you can say that there are other teams that I, I think are out actually pretty good as well. And you can't rule out Baltimore. You still can't rule out Pittsburgh. I, I don't care what's going on in Pittsburgh and another team or two always jumps up a little bit. So we'll see. I, I don't think there's any question though. The Browns are right there at the top of the AFC and, and have a chance to do great things. I mean, you cannot eliminate them as a Super Bowl contender this year. And I don't think I don't think Kansas City is that much, if any, ahead of the Browns right now. When you look at the Browns, you know the, a lot has been made about the defense, and on paper, it would look to be a significant upgrade. Uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? And and are you concerned of putting it from paper onto the field? Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that aspect of it because it, it sounds really good. You know, all the additions they've made. I don't think there's any question, Dave. Their defense is a heck of a lot better. You know, they've, they've added players all over the place. On the defensive line, you've brought in three guys who you like a lot, and you know, McKinley and Clowney and Willie Jackson. 
you got to like those guys. You've added a linebacker in the draft. You've added a linebacker in free agency in Anthony Walker. Uh, I like what they've done. Uh, bring in more defensive backs. I mean, they've, they've done what you need to do. And I, I think it's been pretty impressive. I, I like what they've done. Uh, another corner, news to bring in Newsom. You hope Greedy Williams comes back. And they have options now. I think last year they thought, all right, if all these guys are healthy, we're going to be in pretty good shape. And if they're not all healthy, we could be in trouble. Well, they were in trouble. And now if a guy isn't able to go, if he's not healthy, if he doesn't produce, I think they have other options. And I, I don't think they really had that last year on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I think now we get a better idea of what Joe Woods can really do as defensive coordinator because everybody who was all mad at him last year, I, I thought that was uncalled for because their team was so beat up. You know, their defense was a mess uh, physically. They didn't have the guys out there they wanted to have. They missed a couple of guys because of COVID and Andrew Billing sat out the season. Hopefully he's a nice addition this year. So I, I honestly think you get a much better indication of your defensive coordinator this year and, and just so much more depth. And, and I think that's gonna make a big difference. You know, the, the area of that defense that's most intriguing to me, and tell me if you agree or disagree, is the defensive line. When you start talking about the pieces that are there with Clowney, McKinley, Malik Jackson, Billings, who you mentioned, in addition to Miles Garrett, man, if, if those guys get it right, they have the ability to be some feared defensive line. Yeah, and you know, there are a couple of other guys there too. Um, you know, I think Porter Gustin is a guy whom people probably underestimate. And I wonder what Jordan Elliott's gonna be like this year, who they drafted a year or so ago. I always like defensive lines where they can bring guys in in waves. You know, okay, nice job for two or three plays. You're out, this guy's in, you keep going from there. I think that's key. And, and it'll set the tone up front, especially in a division where you're gonna run the football well. You know, Joe Mixon in Cincinnati has a chance to be very good. No question in Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins. And of course, Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, you're gonna have that. And in Pittsburgh with Najee Harris, you know, coming in from Alabama, Pittsburgh always runs the ball well. Maybe not last year, but this this year I think they're going to run the ball much better. They have some backups behind Harris as well, but they're going to run him like crazy and Roethlisberger's back. So the defensive line, I think, has to be key because you've got to shut down that run. That starts up front, and you have three pretty good quarterbacks in the division. You know, I know Joe Burrow's young and was injured last year. I, I like his upside. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Roethlisberger, you can't, you can't throw him out of the league, he, he, and he's going to play well when he's there. I, I think he'll be much better a year off of his injury. And Lamar Jackson's a tremendous football player. So if you have that upfront group and plenty of guys, I think it can make a big difference. And I can't wait to see Clowney, Dave, in this defense because lining up on the other side of Miles Garrett, that could get really interesting. And I'm anxious to see that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, maybe we can throw Roethlisberger out of the league finally. I mean, he's, he's been in it long <laughs> enough. <laughs> I think I, he's on his way, right? He has to be on his <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. All right, so Pro Football Focus ranked three players from each and every franchise to build around for the Browns. Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, all top ten draft picks. Are you buying that as the three that, uh, that you build around if you're the Browns? Um, yes. I'm not sure about Denzel. Yep. And, and I, I like Denzel. You watched him play in high school. I watched him play in high school. He was terrific at Nordonia and then Ohio State. And when he's on the field, I, I really think he's a tremendous corner. I, he's really good. He's really fast. He's got great ball skills. I really like watching him. I want him to be healthy for an entire season. 
and show that he can do that. When he's on the field, he's, he's, he's tremendous. I would assume he's a guy the Browns want to have here long-term and that they will sign long-term. But I, I wonder, you like Denzel Moore as a guy to build around? Or do you like maybe Jedrick Wills at left tackle to build around? Or do you not build around an offensive lineman? Or do you build around a guy like Nick Chubb? You know, that, I, think, I think those are a couple of things to think about there. Yeah, I would um, I would agree with uh, Denzel Ward, and, and you know it's funny in our meeting, I said Jedrick Wills as well because I think you build along the lines. If if the the past couple of years has taught you anything, you need to be strong on the offensive and defensive lines as you build. And I think Jedrick Wills is gonna I think he's gonna take off uh, in his second year. Remember, he was a young guy last year too. You know, not not just a rookie, but a young rookie. And he stepped in, he did a really nice job. So I, I would expect a nice jump in year number two for Jedrick Wills. And Dave, I, I hope he's a guy you build around. You know I mean? Look, look at what, if you don't have a good left tackle, man, you're in big trouble. And I, I think he's he's a very good left tackle as a young guy. Uh, his commercial work with Baker could use a little bit of work perhaps, but he's not bad. You don't want to kick Amy out of the book club, but I like him. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, I think he showed enough that you have to feel pretty good about that pick. All right, Bleacher Report, most dominating player at each position in the NFL. Uh, they did the edge rushers coming up. T.J. Watt was uh, the, the preeminent one, and Khalil Mack, honorable mention. No Miles Garrett. All right, are they saying edge rusher like you're a linebacker and you're coming off the edge, or are they talking about a guy who's going to have his hand down on the ground most of the time? Because if they're talking about a guy with his hand down on the ground most of the time, they miss the boat. I, I think it's it's either or. They're just somebody that gets after the quarterback mm. from the outside. And I would mm. find it hard to not have Miles Garrett on that list, and unless you're penalizing him because of the way he played um, after he came back from COVID last year. If it goes five deep, he's on that list without question. And there's no question you're right. He was a he was a different player after he came back. But as a guy who suffers from asthma, he clearly had a tough time recovering from COVID and uh, by his own admission was not quite at the same level. I, I mean, Dave, how could he be? Guy had COVID, missed time, has asthma. It's going to take a little while, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, a little fun before we get a break. Uh, so a couple, of oh, the, good. a couple of the Heisman quarterbacks from Oklahoma, Kyler Murray and Baker uh -oh. Mayfield. This, Jeff, this is for you. Take a look. There you go. Baker, Heisman pose, Kyler Murray, a little bit of rhythm. Was it a competition there or what were we supposed to do? They're just they both look good. They're just having fun. They're they're Heisman guys having fun. Well, there's a lot there's a lot to do with the Heisman house. You know, you go out and you dance a little bit. You go inside, swap stories. Yeah, that's great. You make fun of Tim Tebow. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. So there you go. A little bit of fun before we go to break. Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break. We'll hear from Lewis Riddick, uh, former front office type and player. Does he think Baker Mayfield could be a top 10 quarterback? Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us.
life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tric-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. back to Sports for CLE. We continue talking Browns with 92.3 of the fans, Jeff Phelps. Uh, Lewis Riddick on Get Up, a former NFL front office type, had this to say about Ken Baker Mayfield be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That's the million dollar question right now for, for Baker. Do I believe he'll be top 10? I think he'll be right on the cusp. And I think it all depends how you wind up measuring what a top 10 quarterback is. Is it, is it strictly a statistical measurement for you? What statistics are you using? Is it a winning measurement for you? Is it about, does Baker take his football team now to a Super Bowl? Does he get Cleveland to a Super Bowl? Does he win a Super Bowl? And I think all of that, all of that together is going to be something that Cleveland Browns management is going to have to factor in when you're talking about going ahead and trying to sign into a contract extension. Because, look, they, they, they could do that right now. I think I believe it was Jeff Darlington who I've heard, or I've heard other reporters talk about the fact that they believe that maybe extensions being worked, an extension is being worked on now. So there's obviously a lot of projection that's going on with how Baker is going to look down the road in terms of his accomplishments. I think he's definitely a wild card when you're talking about the quarterback rankings. Because he's one of those guys who I think a lot of his success is going to come in a team context. And people are going to kind of classify his worth in a team context. But if you also look at it and break it out individually, he's right there with some of the statistical leaders when you're looking at advanced metrics. And Jeff, I think, um, I think it's a valid point by Lewis Riddick. But I think the ultimate way you measure a quarterback is your franchise winning with him. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I, there's... No question, Dave. I think that's the ultimate factor. And if you base it on last season, no question. Baker's certainly the guy for you. And I would assume the guy for the Browns long-term. I can't imagine them not signing him to an extension. Whether or not, whether or not you think Baker is worth being paid one of the highest quarterback salaries in the NFL, he's going to get it. I mean, he, he is the quarterback 
in the position on a team that's been winning football games in the last year or so and is on the rise. And you're, you're tied to him. I mean, you use the number one pick in the draft on the guy. How long have the Browns been looking for a quarterback? Since Bernie Kosar? Probably since Bernie. And certainly since they've been back. Well, here's the guy. And whether or not you think he's one of the top three, top five, top 10 guys in the league, Dave, I don't think it matters. I mean, he's, he's your guy. And you're not, you're not going to not sign him. What are you going to do? Go try and find another guy? No. And so you might not like his height. You might not like some of the things he does. He's your guy. And he does a lot of things really well. And he appears to be a tremendous leader. And, and that might be the most important thing. I, I've always looked back at Troy Aikman when he was in Dallas and different body styles and you know different things all the way around. Uh, Troy was at Oklahoma for a while and then went out to UCLA. But I, I always thought Troy Aikman was underrated because he played on a team that didn't just cut it loose through the air, you know, as so many teams did. You know, they think about Dan Marino, think about Troy Aikman. Most people think Marino was a much better quarterback, I would assume, because he put up all the individual numbers. Troy Aikman did what his team needed to do to win football games. You know, he he had running backs. Hey, here's, here's Emmett. Let's hand it off. It worked out beautifully. He moved the ball around. He ran a great offense. And I, only from that perspective, I think Baker and Troy Aikman are similar quarterbacks. You know what I mean by that? They're not physically the same or anything like that, but Aikman was the quarterback of a winning football operation. And I think Baker's the same kind of guy. Yeah, and they're happy to do that. It's not, you know, Troy yeah. Aikman didn't feel yeah. like he had to throw for 3,000, 5,000 yards a season. Let's go and win Super exactly. Bowls. And I think you're right. I think Baker Mayfield has that same kind of makeup. All right, so CBSSports.com top 10 quarterbacks and coach combos. And this, this one's interesting. Okay. So number one, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Number two, Pat Mahomes, Andrew Reid. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur is third. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll fourth. Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh fifth. Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin eighth. Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski ninth. So they, they do crack the top 10. And, and a lot of times that marriage between head coach and quarterback it's important. It is. They better be on the same page. Do you think that's a little high? No, I, you, I don't you know, know that I, it I, is, but I, I wonder just based on Kevin just being going into his second year and Baker going into his fourth year and still, you know, I, I would think having his best football ahead of him it might be really impressive that they are ranked ninth after such short sample size. I think, no? I think it's going to grow, you know, as it took Kevin Stefanski by his own admission, till the bye to kind of figure out, all right, this is what yeah. we have in Baker Mayfield. And, and I think a lot of that was because you didn't have preseason, you didn't have training camp, they were done virtually. I think if the Browns would have had that in, in Stefanski's first year, they'd have figured it out a couple games sooner. But, you know, they figured it yeah. out, and, and I liked what I saw. I, I really liked what I saw, obviously, um, the second half that year. I, I agree with, with you on that. There were times I thought that maybe Kevin, I don't know, maybe put too much thought into being diverse on offense. You know, there, there were times I thought, hey, you've got, you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt here. Just run the ball. You don't have Odell Beckham anymore. Don't, don't force the ball to wide receivers. Don't do, and, and it wasn't a prevalent thing, but there was just enough of it. that I, and, and personally, when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I, I, you just hand the ball off and you run. 
And if you get four yards on first down, great. Get four more yards on second down, and then get three on third down and keep going. You know, so I, I think that's an interesting aspect of the offense, and we'll see what they do this year. But I think that's one one issue the team's going to face this year, Dave. If Odell comes back and he's healthy and he's the best looking Odell Beckham that we've seen here in Cleveland, in other words, more like his first three years in New York, how do they how do they move that ball around a little bit? Is Nick Chubb okay, you know, with going 200 yard, 200 carries on the season, 210, 220, whatever it is? Is Kareem okay if he doesn't get quite that many? Because I, I think it's a tough situation. I, I want Kareem Hunt to get the ball like crazy. I want Nick Chubb to get the ball like crazy. I want Odell to catch 100 passes. I want Jarvis to catch 90. But I wonder, can you do that? Can you can you tone everybody down from an individual standpoint and and let the team know? and have the team buy into, hey, Nick, you're going to get 950 yards this year, and Kareem's going to get 900. And Odell, you're going to get 1,000 yards receiving, and Jarvis, you're going to get 1,100. Are they all okay with that? You know, And, and I think that'll be a key thing to watch this year because I, I, you have so many weapons on the offense, you want to use them, but I, I wonder, Dave, if that's realistic or not. And, and that, that, to me, is going to be Kevin Stefanski's biggest challenge on offense. Yeah, you know what cures that? Winning. As long as as long as sure you're does. winning, well, it usually does. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you know, it, it usually does. Yeah, yeah. If you're losing, th- then the touches and the yards, everybody's concerned about it. Which leads us to our next topic. Yep. Sports Illustrated uh, had the AFC North predictions for um, how things are going to roll out. Win one loss totals. Browns thirteen and four, Ravens eleven and six, <laughs> Steelers eight and nine, Bengals six and eleven. You'd be impressed. I got the four losses uh, off the top of my head in our in our meeting. Chiefs. You did. Chiefs. Ravens once. Chargers. And now I can't remember the uh, the fourth one. <laughs> oh, the Pack- Packers on uh, Christmas night. So so. You got them beating Pittsburgh twice. Yes. Have you seen? Wow. Have really? you seen their offensive? Li- they have one starter back on their offensive line. One. Yeah, I know. And, I know. And Ben Roethlisberger. And I miss Alejandro Villanueva. That's he, tough. He doesn't um, move well. Um, again, that's, yeah. I think that's the high end for the Browns. It's st- it's still Pittsburgh, man. Yeah. You know, I, I I I I think 13 wins is a little adventurous. That's Do you? that's the high end. I I think it's somewhere between 11 and 13, honestly. And you, I, you know, and I could okay. see them beating the Chargers. I really could. I could see them beating the Packers. Yeah. If, you know, and we have to, it's, it's only one game, but we kind of have to readjust because 10 wins isn't, oh, you're 10 and six. It means right. you're 10 and seven. Yes. So you're, you know, you're a little above 500 there. So I, I would think the new, you know, the new norm of being maybe better, you know, better rather than middle of the pack is you got to win 11 games, right? 11 and 11 and six will get it done for you. I think they have a chance to win 13, but man, I'd be really impressed if they won 13 games. I, that, that just seems a little steep to me. But that's okay. I, I, if they don't get double-digit wins, I think we'd all be stunned. I would agree. And I think if you win 10 games, you're probably in the playoffs. 11, really good chance. I would assume you're in the playoffs. Anything more than that, you're at the top of the heap. Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan and I going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, some executive scouts uh, vote on running back rankings for the NFL. We'll tell you where Nick Chubb lands in those rankings. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. 
better days are ahead. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for online and on-campus summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. COVID-19 has changed how we show up and show out with our family. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to talking smack with a side of mac and cheese. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Should I get it? Is it safe? Should I wait? It's smart to question. Now, get the facts at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. We continue talking Browns with 92.3 The Fans, Jeff Phelps. So executive scouts, front office types, vote on this uh, running back ranking that was on ESPN. Uh, top one is Derrick Henry. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Dalvin Cook, number three. Nick Chubb was number four. Christian McCaffrey was number five. Take a look at what an NFC exec said about Nick Chubb. Best pure runner in football. I'd take him over Henry because he's more explosive. Chubb is good for a 20-plus yard run nearly every week with 12 such runs in, uh, in the season. Let's bring back in Jeff Phelps. And, Jeff, um, just your thoughts on Nick Chubb and where he ranks in that, uh, in that ranking. I, if Nick were on a team that didn't have Kareem Hunt, he would be in the rushing title talk all the time. And probably best for Nick that he's on a team with Kareem Hunt because you know, yep. he had a very serious knee injury when he was at Georgia. And I've always thought if, if you're an NFL running back and you can still get paid, well, let's be honest, there's the key to the whole thing. If you can still get paid, Dave, why not have somebody to split the carries with? Why, why get beat up? Why have an, a, a seven-year career when you could have a 10 or 11-year career? So if I'm Nick Chubb, I love the fact that Kareem Hunt is here. But if it weren't for Kareem's presence, Nick would be at the top of everybody's list of best running backs in the NFL. As it is, he's still, you know, way up there. And and he should be. I he's he's big, he's really a strong runner, and he is an explosive runner. And and you don't always see that combination of, of big strong back with the explosiveness that Nick has. And that's why I enjoy watching him run so much. He he's he's outstanding. And I I've always thought get the guy 15 touches a game anyway. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it goes back to what we talked about before. If he gets 15 plus touches, well, you want Kareem to get more than eight to 10, don't you? I, I do. I, I would love to see Nick and Kareem basically splitting carries. And, and if Nick gets paid and gets paid like he's a top running back instead of a guy who's splitting duties, why not? 
I, I think it makes you a better team. Yeah, and Kareem Hunt was on honorable mention, so a guy that was also receiving votes. And then uh, an AFC exec said, might be the best overall back in Cleveland. Combination of Dalvin Cook mm. and Derrick Henry. So that's uh, a pretty good combination if, uh, if you're talking those two as far as Kareem Hunt goes. The other thing is, if I'm each of those guys, the presence of the other guy extends my career by a couple of years, so I get another payday. Sure. That's kind of the thought process. Sure. Yeah, if your salary is down a little because you're not putting up the numbers, but you're making up for it down the road when salaries in theory go up, why not? I, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, time for us to, to check in on uh, the voicemail of truth and reason. This one, um, a, a Browns voicemail of truth and reason, and uh, let's listen in. Thinking about uh, you know the situation the Browns are in right now, with the fact that to get people to come to the Browns, we had in this is in years past, um, we had to overpay them. But now we don't. You know, this is a, now a, a place where people want to come to play. But uh, uh, and I was thinking about the free agents we have to sign, and of course you want to sign Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, um, you know, for whatever fifteen million dollars a year because he's worth it, and. And then you get you go on to the uh, to Teller, and I think Teller is more important than someone like like than Landry, and Teller's going to want a lot of money. He's going to want 15 million a year, uh, but I think it's uh, think about touches though. The offensive line is involved in every play, and if they screw up, your offense is you know is is built on a foundation of sand, not very good. So I would I would uh, sign Teller and um, you know and if that meant uh, trading Landry uh, I think we should do it. We have, we're, we're loaded with possession receivers and yes it's harsh to get rid of Landry. He's he's a really good player, but you know if you want to win in the future, what do you guys think? Thanks. Bye bye. All right, Jeff. Not in a hurry to get rid of Jarvis Landry. Uh, there is a lot of money tied no. up in the wide receiver position. I think it's a very valid point about the offensive line. I don't know that the right guard um, who came out of nowhere is, is somebody that you're going to pay $12, $13 million a year. But you might. I mean, that's those are the decisions that Andrew Berry is going to have to make. I know why a teller played well. You know he played well. I mean, we you could watch in a game and see that he was doing his job. But didn't you get the feeling, Dave, that maybe his uncle ran pro football focus or something <laughs> because they had him graded so high every week. It's like, hey, Wyatt Teller's phenomenal. And his, I think because of pro football focus more than anything, his price just skyrocketed. Um, the voicemail made a really interesting point about Jarvis. And, and I think we all as Browns followers need to look at this team this year and, and tell me if you agree with this this team this year and know that it's going to change in 2022. Yes. I, I think this might be the last run at it with this crew. And I know they have not had a whole lot of, of runs at it with this crew, but you just said, Dave, they've got a lot of money tied up in Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Is that what you want to do? No. I don't know. You're going to have money tied up in Nick Chubb. You're going to have money, some money in Kareem Hunt. You're going to pay Baker. You're going to pay Denzel. Uh, Miles Garrett's already getting paid. You want to pay Wyatt Teller because why? You want holes for Nick Chubb and Kareem to run through and you want to protect Baker Mayfield. I, I would think that maybe a wide receiver, we don't see both of those guys back next year. 
Um, take a look at what Pittsburgh has done. You know, they have three good young wide receivers and they brought back Juju after all. In Cincinnati, they had good young wide receivers. What did they do? They went out and drafted another one. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's where we see some money that maybe gets reallocated in a year or two down the road. And, and, and especially, I think Odell has to come back and play really, really well this year. And if not, I would assume that they wouldn't pay him next year. You know, just would you agree with that? I would agree. I think, you know, Andrew Barry made a point of it, at, uh, you know, when, when he was talking before the draft, before free agency. Every year in the NFL is different, and that's what he means. You're, yeah. you're going to have to – the salary cap's going up, but they have so many young players. It's a great problem to have. Browns mm-hmm. fans aren't used to this problem. Yeah. We've got so many young players we have to pay that some of the veterans are going to have to be, you know, let go on to greener pastures. Well, and, and think about this. All of the additions they made on the defense, well, you got to pay those guys. You know, and, and they needed the help on the defense. There's no question. So I think maybe this year we get a better look at what Kevin Stefanski is really looking to do on offense. If we didn't, if we didn't see it last year, you know, and Odell coming back to me is the key to that whole thing. What does this look like with Odell in there? What does the offense look like? And and is there anybody else on the roster? Is it is it Higgins? Is it Donovan Peoples-Jones? Is it Schwartz who comes in and and makes that step? and becomes that guy who maybe replaces Jarvis or Odell or maybe really solidifies himself as the third wide receiver and they go out and they sign somebody in free agency or they go out and they draft a wide receiver next year. You know what I, you're not going to be able to, you're just not going to be able to pay everybody. And because you can't pay everybody, you're going to have to make decisions. And in, in an NFL offense today, though wide receivers are key you know, look at the teams that have the veteran wide receivers. They're, they're not, they're, there are some that are really, you know, really good. But as these veteran wide receivers are, are pushing 30, you know, they're moving on to some other teams, you know, and, and they're choosing not to be paid by the team that originally brought them in or that had them. And I, I wonder, that's just kind of something that I'm keeping an eye on as we go through this year. And, and if it, if Jarvis and Odell aren't, completely stellar in this offense as you said Dave that's a lot of money to be tied up in two wide receivers so I I think just keep an eye on that because you've got to protect Baker Mayfield and if you're going to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt you better have blocking up front for them and if you do that and you can run the football and Baker is protected I don't want to say you don't need top-notch upper echelon wide receivers but maybe you go in a less expensive direction there yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. So the two old guys are basically saying it's a it's a young man's game. <laughs> Jeff Phelps from ninety two three, yeah, the fan, and I throw yourself into that bus there, Mister. <laughs> I said that. Huh? You and I, we're both we're old guys. It's a young yeah, man's uh, game. I'm older than you, so thank you. <laughs> we're gonna step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll hear from a former NFL offensive lineman who's concerned about the Browns being the hunted. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
Sports for CLA continues. We continue talking Browns football. Damian Woody on the Nate Coombs show on ESPN had this to say about the Browns going from the underdog to the favorites. I like the Browns. I love the Browns, the Browns roster. Here's what I will say. When you're a team that's the hunted now, you're not the hunter, you're the hunted. There are real expectations for the Browns. And I'm talking about, there are people talking about Super Bowl for the Browns. Mm. Can they handle that? Let's bring back in Jeff Phelps. Uh, Jeff, it's a valid point, and I would be more concerned if Freddie Kitchens was running the Browns than with Kevin Stefanski with oh. those expectations. Come on, man. Where's the Freddie love? <laughs> I, you know, the, the one thing that I like, every time somebody brings up the expectations, um, I've heard Kevin Stefanski say work a couple of times. I've now heard Baker Mayfield say we have work to do. I think that's the right message. It is the right message. And Dave, if, if you don't have expectations, then you're not very good. You know, if, to me, if you have expectations, that means you've done something, you've accomplished something, and the Browns did last year. Now you see if you can handle those expectations. If you can't handle them, you might not have the right people in place, or the right people might not have had quite enough time. So I, I think the expectations are pretty legit. I think they're deserved and I think um, you're allowed to throw expectations on this team you know you won 11 games and you won a playoff game and you took the Kansas City Chiefs to within a play or two of being able to, to knock them out I I thought the Browns did a really nice job last year and if people didn't have expectations about the team this year it means they didn't buy what they saw last year I bought what I saw I thought they were really pretty good and that was with a defense that we thought was in need of major help and without Odell Beckham so the defense now has major help and you have Odell coming back. So, and those expectations are, are, I think they've been earned and I think the Browns will live up to them. I really do. I think they're going to be very good this year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, before we go, one last thing, Aditi Kikabala from NFL Network on the topic of which fan base deserves a Super Bowl the most. Let's listen to Aditi. The question is, which fan base is most deserving? Which fan base had its team ripped out from him in what was supposed to be a Super Bowl contending 1995? Which fan base has had to wear paper bags? Which fan base had to have a parade for an 0-16 season? I have never seen a fan base more loyal through so much misery than the Cleveland Browns fans. They deserve it the most, guys. There you go, Jeff. And, and, and that's from a Pittsburgh native. Let, <laughs> let's put that in perspective. Yeah. She's right, I think. You know, Dave, we're partial. You know, we both grew up here. We've worked the majority of our careers here. Our, our, fan, our football fans, especially. And we deserve something a little bit, uh, a little bit special here. So now I, I will say this. You always hear, well, we have the best fans in the NFL. No, we have the best fans in the NFL. We have, I think there are a lot of really good fans in the NFL. Our fans are certainly in that group. There's, there's no question to me about that. And after everything that's happened here, after the team leaving, after the NFL hurrying the team back, I thought not giving it the time that some of the other expansion teams had to put their act together. And then just some, let's, let's call them unfortunate 
decisions and happenings over the 20 years before uh, this this last regime going at it. Yeah, I think Browns fans deserve a break, and I, I hope it happens this year. And I really think it could. I think this team could be really, really special. Jeff Phelps uh, from 92.3 The Fan, Bally's uh, Great Lakes Sports, uh, Browns pre, post, and halftime, and various other outlets. Uh, appreciate the time. Thanks very much. Enjoy it, Absolutely. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan. We're going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we turn our attention to the Cavs. Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. We'll talk Cavs trade draft straight ahead. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track. And you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tric-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. As the COVID-19 vaccines become available, you might be asking yourself, should I get it? And if I do, will I be able to go about life without putting my family at risk? You've got questions, and that's normal. The fact is, the vaccines are safe and effective. They're going to save lives. To get the latest on the COVID-19 vaccines, visit GetVaccineAnswers.org, because getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. It's up to you. Back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. We turn our attention to the Cavs and uh, let's welcome in Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Uh, so, Chris, national news that uh, the Knicks are the most active um, in pursuing Colin Sexton. Now, let's, let's begin with both of you and I think Colin Sexton is actually a really good player um, on the verge of becoming potentially an all-star. Is there any fit with the New York Knicks that becomes evident um, that would benefit the Cavs in, in, in trading Colin Sexton to the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm glad that you phrased it that way, Dave, in terms of fit, because, because what I think all of this is, any conversation surrounding Colin, is a combination of fit and money. Um, if the Cavs can find a way to rejigger the roster and improve um, a position of weakness by using Colin as a trade asset, then it's something that I definitely think they would explore. The Knicks are interesting because obviously they have Brock Aller in their front office. Brock Aller was with the Cleveland Cavaliers 
for about a decade in their front office and he saw Colin Sexton every day. He saw him work. He could see things that other teams around the NBA and he could learn things that other teams around the NBA don't know about Colin. So from that standpoint, it is a fit. Um, but finding the pieces that the New York Knicks could give the Cavs to make it work, that becomes more difficult, Dave. Um, obviously, the Knicks have R.J. Barrett there, third overall pick in the 2019 draft. The Cavs love R.J. They tried to trade up for him on draft night and couldn't. Um, so is that something that the Knicks would be willing to give up in order to get Colin? I don't know. But if they were willing to to start a package around RJ, then I think it's something that the Cavs would explore. I think it's something that the Cavs would listen to. Short of that, it's hard to find the pieces that the Knicks have that would make the Cavs say yes to a Colin deal. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, you know, I, Kevin Knox is an interesting guy, but I don't necessarily know that. I, in the 19, the picks in the lower end of the first round don't interest the Cavs at all because, unfortunately, they've been picking out of where they should have been in the lottery, and, and that's kind of way. Again, they have some interesting pieces, but, but you know, Chris, they have to find a way to get the higher end, you know, the one or the two that you can then add Darius Garland to, and, and then you've got a Coro and you've got Allen. They have the periphery, but they don't have the main beams that you need to build uh, build around, and, and that kind of leads me to this question. So Jared Allen is a guy that is due for a big payday. Colin Sexton is a guy that's due for a big payday. Is there any way you can pay both of them and keep both of them at higher ends? Because again, they're, they're, neither one is that one or two pillar that you build around. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it too, Dave. Um, could you pay them both? Sure, you could. Um, but but I think it becomes really, really difficult when you start talking financially. Because at the end of the day, the Cavs are running into a situation here, especially when it comes to Colin, where you have to assign a monetary value to him. They obviously like him. They know the things that he's capable of. He rolls out of bed and he gets you 20 points. And he does it efficiently. And there's value in that and he's the best two guard that the Cavs have on this roster. He's arguably the most accomplished young player that they have on this roster. But they're now at a position where they have to assign a monetary value to him. And beyond all those things that I mentioned about Colin that make him a good player, he is an outlier. He is an undersized shooting guard. He's not a point guard. He's an undersized shooting guard who has clear defensive limitations and him and Darius together have clear defensive limitations. So if you could pay Colin something in the range that, that accounts for all of those things, then sure. But, but I don't think Colin's um, representatives are going to see it that way. Colin's representatives are going to ask for the rookie scale max contract because Colin's reps also rep Donovan Mitchell, got him the rookie scale max. They'll point to De'Aaron Fox, who got the rookie scale max. And then it just becomes really, really difficult for the Cavs to justify paying a guy who can't be the guy um, that kind of contract. Jared Allen is a lot easier to explain um, because he's not going to command the same kind of money that Colin would in an extension. Yeah, and again, you know, 
Everything off the court with Sexton has been great. His work ethic has been outstanding. Uh, but yep. y y your point is, you know, he may have outplayed what the Cavs value because of where they're at as a franchise. Here's another yep. question. Is there any way that you can put together a deal that gets you the top spot, even if it involves, you know, the three and Sexton and something else? Do you see that working out where you could potentially get Cade Cunningham? The Cavs are very interested in that, Dave. They've had multiple conversations with the Detroit Pistons about that. Um, I've talked to a lot of people around the league and asked them, hey, what would it cost for a guy like Cade? What would it cost? And they said, obviously, the starting point is giving up the third overall pick and then also a future first round pick. But they think it's probably even a little bit more than that. Uh, just because Cade is so highly regarded, just because this draft class itself is so highly regarded. So I, I think the Cavs do have the pieces, but but I think they have to be careful here because it's not LeBron James that they're trading up for. You know, it's not Luka Doncic. It's not Kevin Durant. It's Cade Cunningham, who is a very good prospect. He would fit the Cavs perfectly. He's the kind of player that the Cavs don't have and they absolutely need if they want to take the next step. Um, but there are also other players in this draft class who would come in here immediately, not named Cade Cunningham, and be the most important player of this rebuild that you don't have to give up a future first round pick for and maybe something else in order to do that. So I think they would be interested in it. Um, but I think it has to be at the right price because everything nowadays, Dave, has a value. And as good as Cade Cunningham is, as much as the Cavs need him, um, they can't go overboard, especially in this situation that they're in, still um, trying to find the right pieces in this rebuild. Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. And I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. Uh, Chris mentioned some guys not named Cade Cunningham who would fit. We'll hear who he thinks would fit here with the Cavs as they move forward if they stay at number three. Sports for CLE. He'll be right back. Stay with us. Better days are ahead. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for online and on-campus summer classes. Try-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps to drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. First, they said cigarettes were safe. We know how that turned out. Now, they say they didn't market e-cigarettes to teens? Fact, more than one in four high school students are vaping, and 80% say their first e-cigarette was flavored. Vaping is harmful to developing brains. The reason we think vaping is safe? Marketing. Same lies, different day. 
tell Big Vape to quit lying. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We continue talking Cavs basketball with Cavs beat reporter from Cleveland.com and the plane dealer, Chris Fedor. So, Chris, um, we had mentioned if the Cavs can't trade up to get Kate Cunningham, there are some guys uh, that are still available in this draft who would, uh, who would potentially be there and be a part of the rebuild. It doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut number two. It seems like it's pretty evenly divided between um, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. Is that accurate from what you're hearing as well? Yeah, I guess I would toss Jalen Suggs in there, too, although I think he's on the back half of that tier two. Yeah, a lot of people do see it as Cade Cunningham as the best prospect in this year's class, and then the second tier is some combination of Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, um, Jalen Suggs. Maybe some people consider Scotty Barnes the, the versatile forward from Florida State, but that's about it. I just think the bottom line is the way that I've written it, Dave, is that the Cavs are in a position at number three where there's no wrong answer, right? There's some guys who are probably a better fit for what they currently have on the roster, Evan Mobley being one of those guys. But if it's Jalen Green, he's a great fit because he's an incredible talent. If it's Jalen Suggs, he's a great fit because he's an incredible talent. If it's Mobley, he's a great fit because he's an incredible talent. And like I said, no matter who they get at number three, that guy is going to come here and be the best and most important of the young players. Um, of all the guys that the Cavs have assembled over the last four years of, of playing the lottery, um, there's nobody that has the, the pure talent level as the group of guys that they're going to be picking from at number three here this year. The other thing is, is if it is Green, if it is Mobley, um, that should in theory Darius Garland, as the point guard, going to make both of yeah. those guys a little bit better, too. And that's the thing. There are a lot of people inside the organization, Dave, that have come to believe over the last year based on, on what Darius has been able to do, the rise that he made from his bumpy rookie season to his outstanding sophomore season, that of the young guys that the Cavs currently have on this roster, Darius is the best. Darius is the most promising. Darius is the one that has the most upside. So what can they do? What can they put around him to maximize him? What can he put um, next to him that is going to bring out the, the best in him and the best in whoever it is that they draft with the third overall pick? Uh, Jalen Green would fit next to Darius Garland. Evan Mobley would fit great next to Darius Garland. Jalen Suggs would be a tough fit because the way that you want to use Darius is similar to the way that teams would want to use Jalen Suggs. You want to take advantage of that innate playmaking ability that Suggs brings to the table. And because of that, there could be a bit of an on-court clash between Suggs and Garland. So for me at this point in time, I think Suggs um, would be behind both Green and Mobley um, where the Cavs are picking at number three. The other thing to keep in mind about Darius Garland, young, um, you know, it only played five, six college games before he got yep. you know, injured, came back. And, and so his second year in the NBA, that ascension, not a surprise because he, he got more, got bigger and stronger. I mean, he's a <laughs> young guy. 
He really is. He's 21 years old and he's still growing into his body. He's, I, I, I had somebody phrase it to me um, a couple of weeks ago that he's growing into a man's body at this point in time. He's putting on weight and you can see it in his face and you can see it into his shoulders. And he does look like a different kind of player. And I think with that, Dave, comes new confidence for somebody like Darius. No longer is it a question about can I play at the NBA level? Because I think there are legitimate questions about that for him as a rookie when he was going through some of those struggles. Like, oh my gosh, can my game translate? Can I make it here? Um, Now it's how good can I be here in the NBA? What's my ceiling here in the NBA? And I think the Cavs are wondering the same thing when it comes to Darius. But the best way to find that out is to surround him with players that that they believe are going to allow him to reach that ceiling. And I think the truth is they are having some hard conversations, deep conversations inside that front office about whether Colin Sexton is the guy to put next to Darius that can allow Darius to be his best version of himself. Um, And if that answer is no, then I think they try and find a way to find somebody um, that that can uh, be a better fit with Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen, some of the other young pieces that they're assembling. But I'll say this when it comes to Colin to come full circle, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to trade him immediately. They don't have to give him a contract extension immediately. If there's a ticking clock on the Colin Sexton situation, it doesn't expire until next offseason. Yeah, and and sometimes that patience pays off, um, which is, you know, if you're going to – he's a good player. They made a good pick with him. They now have right. something that other teams should want. So that's, that's the way you view Colin Sexton. Before we go, let me ask you this, and I know we've talked about this in the past. So one of the, guy, one of the teams that is tied to Ben Simmons is the Cavs. Uh, we know that Darius Garland's agent, Rich Paul, is Ben Simmons' agent. Do you see that as potentially being a fit? Simmons is a guy that intrigues me because I think he just needs to change the scenery. That's, again, a younger guy. He's not as young as Darius Garland. But you want to give him a fresh start and, and let him go be the guy that he can be. Dave, he's intriguing to the Cavs as well. They've had conversations internally about Ben Simmons and whether it would be a good direction for them to go when it comes to trying put some kind of trade package together for him. It makes sense from this standpoint. He is locked up on a contract for a number of years. So it's not like you'd be trading for somebody who could walk, who could leave in free agency in one or two years. You know, if the Cavs traded for somebody hypothetically, like Bradley Beal, it's a little bit riskier because of his contract situation. Ben is locked in, you know what you're paying him, that's not going to change over the next three, four, five years. And the Cavs don't have a guy like Ben Simmons. Um, They just don't at this point in time. And it's very, very difficult for the Cavs to get a guy that talented. So when you have an opportunity to get that level of talent, you 100% have to explore it. You owe it to the organization to explore that. In saying all of that, he becomes a difficult fit because Obviously, you have to give up things in order to get him. And then there are other moves that any organization that's going to trade for Ben Simmons 
they are going to have to make moves to fit his game best. Trading for him is an admission that you're the guy that we're going to build around. And then there are certain players that you have to have with somebody like that. You need shooting and you need spacing. And the Cavs don't have a lot of that. And they'd have to find a way to go out and get that. And that would take a lot of assets. Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Chris, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. You got it, Dave. Anytime, man. All right, Chris Fedor, make sure you read them in the pages of The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. That'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Scheduled guests, Mac Robinson and Kevin Arnold. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow at 4 here on Sports for CLE.